Hey, I'm Spencer Powell and welcome to Remodeler Stories, where we highlight remodelers. Every remodeler has a unique story and journey and we can all learn from each other. Stay tuned for a mix of inspiration, tactical tips, unique strategies, and some laughter. The remodeling business is tough, but rewarding, and we're all in this together. Let's kick this thing off. Before we get into today's show, let's talk about our show sponsor, Remodeler Growth Community. Remodeler Growth Community is a peer-to-peer networking group exclusively for remodelers. For a low monthly fee, you get access to some of the best minds in the industry, life-changing business strategies, and the ability to connect and learn from people who've walked the path you walk. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back, so there's absolutely no risk to you. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. Today, I sit down with Matt Gowler of Gowler Homes. Matt is dependable, honest, reliable, flexible, and sincerely listens to the needs of each client in order to make their dreams come to life. He's particularly creative in his ability to think outside the box when it comes to space planning. Whether it's reconfiguring existing space or starting from scratch, Matt is able to find ways to make the most of every nook and cranny to best meet the needs of the client. Now for my conversation with Matt Gowler. Hey, Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Spencer. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to do this. But give everyone, I guess, a little bit of context. Who are you? What's the company? Where are you located? Yeah, no, my name is Matt Gowler. My company is called Gowler Homes. We're based in Monument, Colorado. We specialize in design, build, custom homes here on the Front Range. Right on. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, how did you how did you get into the construction world? When did that start? Well, I kind of say it was by accident. I didn't intend to be a builder. I grew up in a family. My dad was a builder and mainly worked in the production home building world. So I remember, you know, going to job sites with him and banging nails into two by fours. But I never really wanted to be a builder. So I went to went to school to be the music industry, living in Nashville, going to college there. And got married after my sophomore year of college. And that kind of really put focus on the fact that, hey, I need to make a living. And it was pretty evident that making a living in music was going to be difficult. So I ended up joining my dad, starting a company that specialized in finishing basements. We were kind of a specialty remodel company right out of college. And that was what brought us back to Colorado. And that's kind of how I, I got into the business originally. Gotcha. Okay. And so, so what year was that? That was in 2003. Okay, gotcha. And so when did you start Geller Homes? So started this officially in 2016. So ran the business. My, my dad and I worked together for about two years. And he gave me the opportunity to, to take it over, said he was going to kind of go move on and do some other things. And so I ran that for several years. And really, my heart started to shift from wanting to do just basement finishing to be a custom home builder. And what I realized is that I kind of built a built myself into a corner with a branding problem. Nobody's going to want to hire a basement finish company to build a custom home is kind of what I what I felt like. And so we just completely pivoted, closed the one company, started the new one in 2016. And since then, we've been doing custom homes. Gotcha. Tell me a little bit more about that, because I would imagine there was some advantages with just like knowing how to run a business and operations and everything, but then some disadvantages having to like reposition yourself, you know, basements to custom homes could be a big, big leap. What did that first year look like? Well, there was, you know, what felt obvious to me is like, hey, our name is, you know, basement finish company. 
and I want to build custom homes. And you know, the obvious was that, but I think the internal shift in terms of mindset, I think that was actually the biggest shift for me to make because you know you build a company and whether you whether for better or for worse, your identity kind of gets wrapped up in it. And I had become known as the basement guy. And so for me to even work myself out of that mindset was was difficult, but there was a gap between there. So I, I should say this was kind of all part of a, you know, call it a quarter, third, midlife crisis, whatever you want to call it. Just the identity shift of like, man, who am I? What, am, what do I really want to do? I kind of felt like I had stumbled into construction because my dad had given me, me an opportunity and kind of looked up 13 years later and was like, did I ever really want to be here? I mean, I was successful. We were doing well. The company was going good. But I just kind of had that existential question of, you know, is this what I really want to do with my life? And so I actually just kind of walked away from that, went into commercial real estate, which is about the farthest thing away from basement finishing that I could find. I did that for a couple of years. And really through that process, you know, there was a lot going on in the background and internally of, you know, really what, what is it that we want to do? And so my wife and I sat down one day and the question we asked ourselves was, hey, if we could design a life that we wanted, you know, what would it look like? And, you know, at that time, I'm a commercial real estate broker. She's, you know, homeschooling our kids. And, and you know, what we came up with was like, I really enjoy building the, the process of seeing something created and come to life. And she was a talented designer, not by, not by trade, not by background, but she had designed several of our homes that clients really, or people really liked. And we actually had people knock on our door twice and buy our homes because they you know just liked it. They literally came up, knocked on the door, hey, can you buy this house? Who built it? And like, oh, we did. So anyway, we sat down and said, well, it'd be pretty cool if we could work together and you'd be the designer, I'll be the builder, you know, do two or three homes a year, work for clients that we want to work with. And that was really kind of the the initial, you know, spark that ignited, well, let's do this. And she just graciously encouraged me to do that. And we took the leap, started the company in 2016, that we've been building it since. So to be fair, that transition was was not smooth. It was completely stop one thing, wander around for a while, get a vision for something new, and then rebuild it. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, though. I like how the shift, even though there was like the in-between zone, it was very intentional. It was like, okay, what's this next chapter of, of my life going to look like? I'm curious, what did the first like project or two look like? How did you land those projects, you know, being the basement guy and then kind of, you know, wandering for a couple of years as you described it. How did that go or how did that come about? Yeah, I got to go back to those first days and remember, you know, for a minute I was doing two things. I was like, well, I'm going to start this company and I'm going to take whatever projects kind of come along while I'm figuring out how to, you know, wrap up a short career in transacting commercial real estate. And so for a minute, I was kind of doing two things. But what I found is that I just, my phone just started ringing, like people that, you know, had known us from the past of doing building projects, you know, started calling. And, you know, before I knew it, I had, I kind of got myself into a position where it was like, oh, shoot, I got to make a, make a decision here. And we jumped all into building, you know, around the same time, we kind of had, we had the opportunity personally to buy a property with some friends that was 120 acres and we subdivided it into three parcels on that property was an old farmhouse from the early 1900s. And the idea was we had been talking about this for, for years with a couple of friends, like, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we could find a, a property, build homes on there and kind of have this community living type of feeling separate homes. We're not sister wives, that kind of thing, but 
wouldn't it be kind of cool if as friends we could live in the same place and our kids could grow up together? And so at that same time, we had found this property and ended up, those were our first three projects was remodeling the existing farmhouse there from 1911, building my personal home and then building a home for a friend. And so it was, it was a great kickoff into, you know, what ended up being a really full season right out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That sounds like nice, nice timing the way that all came together. I'm curious, what did maybe what were one of those couple early hurdles, you know, in starting the the custom home business as you got that up and running the first few years? Oh man. Well, you know, just like everybody that starts a business, when you, when you start day one, you wake up in the morning and you're the chief everything officer, right? You're wondering where that first job is going to come from and doing marketing and putting a bid together and then you sign something. And so I think it, it was just the fact that, you know, I was really doing everything by myself. So on the, the tactical part, it's like, okay, now I've got to do everything and I'm not good at everything. I think the internal part though, the mindset and the confidence was was something that, you know, I'm still working into. Like it it takes a huge mindset shift to go from, hey, I have an idea to okay, somebody actually wants to hire me to building a business and then trying to scale it, uh, that continues to be the, the hardest challenge for me is just keeping my mindset in the right place and staying positive and optimistic. And yeah, that's, that's the biggest challenge. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm always curious too, for people, I mean, you had business experience prior, but just being an entrepreneur, growing a business, like there's lots of different challenges. Is there anything that's surprised you about this career path and and maybe you have the contrast of like selling commercial real estate but uh, yeah anything that stands out surprising as with entrepreneurship i guess i should say that's a good question there's there's several things that continue to surprise me one is the the limits that we put on ourselves in terms of what's possible you know so in my first iteration of running a construction company our average project was $45,000 and we were doing you know 50 projects a year and you know, granted that was, you know, we started 20 years ago. And so $45,000 then is different than it was now, but you know, that seemed like a lot of money. It seemed like something that was really hard to sell. And then as I started getting, you know, when we got into custom home building, I remember, you know, $600,000 was a big project and then 800,000. And now we got one that's 6 million. Right. And so I, what's interesting to me is that we're always limited by our own mindset, what we think is possible. And if I think it's hard that, you know, nobody's going to spend a million dollars on a home, well, it's going to be difficult for me to go out and spend that or to sell that to somebody. So being intentional about being in rooms with people who have way more money than I do. Uh, I heard a guy tell a story not too long ago. He was a home builder. They do $100 million a year, ultra luxury custom homes. And he was telling a story about one of his clients who's a billionaire. They're doing this project that's a $10 million project. And as an older guy put his hand in his, in his pocket and kind of started to jingle some coins. And he's like, you know, $10 million to a billionaire is like these coins that are in my pocket. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's so relative, you know, how much is a lot of money to somebody and what are they willing to spend it on? And so I think that's one of the things that surprised me the most is just how many limitations I had in my own mindset about money, about what people are willing to spend it on about what our service is worth in the marketplace. That's really surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that's a great tangible example too, of just the relativeness of of anything, right? It could be money. And for whatever reason right now, time is very top of mind for me. And just thinking about, 
you know, we all have the same amount of time, but certain people are able to leverage time differently, right? You know, they're able to accomplish more in the same amount of time. And I think it's, it's a lot of times it's all, like you said, it's a mindset. It's, it's something, you know, between our ears. So I like that. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a second and let you know that I've been getting some great feedback on my book lately, The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. You can check it out over on Amazon if you want the complete marketing framework that we use with our clients. All right, back to the show. What do you think is one of the most fun parts of your business right now? What do you enjoy the most? I always love seeing new projects come out of the ground. You know, when we design a new home and you see that first version of the renderings, it's super exciting. Doing groundbreaking with a family, inviting them out there, putting a hard hat on them, giving them a gold shovel. That's always fun. And then, you know, seeing the process throughout, I just love seeing something come to life. And every time, you know, we hand the keys to a new homeowner and they get to walk into their new home and kind of take it, you know, to be theirs. You know, some of our clients have young kids and they're, the kids are running around and rolling on the carpet and starting to wrestle with each other. And just seeing that fulfillment of a dream that's been, you know, two, three years in the making kind of come to life is, is the f- most fun part for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm also curious to learn a little bit more about working with your, your wife. You said that was part of like what you guys talked about when you got everything going. What do you think are just some of the like dynamics there at play? What have you learned about starting that journey together? And, you know, now you're, I don't know, seven, seven, eight years into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been interesting because it's always been, you know, we're, we're on the same page. We're headed in the same direction in life. So we're, we're in unity on that. But we also have very kind of clear and distinct roles. And it's always been my role to go and, and earn, earn a living, right? Put food on the table so that our family can, can do the things that we want to do as a family. And she's always felt called to, you know, taking care of our home and raising our kids. We've got four kids and she's homeschooled them since day one. And so, you know, the, the logical path is not to put her into a, a position where now she's got a full-time job as, you know, an interior designer. And so I think, you know, it's gone through different seasons for us and how we work together. So the first few projects, we were very involved together and she would, she would be the designer. Pretty soon into starting the company, we actually hired a designer on staff and started to offload some of those responsibilities so that they kind of worked hand in hand together. Tiffany worked with our hired designer and, you know, we would still do that. She was lead, but really not doing a lot of the legwork. Uh, And then over time, we've completely backed her out of the business from a day-to-day. And so she's able to focus on what her her real passion is, which is being in the home and raising our kids. And so, yeah, that's been an interesting interesting thing. So I I really run the business day-to-day. We're on the same page, heading in the same direction, but kind of divide and conquer type mentality. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's, it's interesting over the years had different interactions with, you know, husband, wife teams in business, but then, you know, in sports, my wife and I play doubles volleyball together in all the mountain towns around Colorado. They have a bunch of tournaments and I bump into some people and they're like, Oh, that's awesome. Like I would love that. And then other people are like, I don't know how you spend that much time with your significant other. So I always just find it fascinating. I think a lot of it just comes down to like, are people on the same page, mission aligned? And then can you divide those like roles and responsibilities? And and usually people have different strengths and, and I think it can be done. So <laughs> yeah, I think I think the mission aligned, like we're both heading in the same direction, but she's she's not trying to jump into my car and drive my steering wheel, right? Like she's very much I do I do my things that I'm really good at and she does hers. And that works really well for us. So 
the key is, you know, she, she's supportive of what we want to do from a business standpoint, what the vision is, where we're headed. And that, you know, that has to happen in my opinion. I don't know how you, how you try to build and run a business if your spouse or significant other is not supportive of it. Like that, that just is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I can't Um, imagine. (laughs) And at the same time, we could never be like, you know, co-presidents of the company. Like that's not going to happen either. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, speaking of like vision aligned and everything, like where are you guys trying to take the company? What's the the future hold for the next three to five years? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, our goal is to be the premier custom home builder in Colorado. And so right now we're, we're based in Monument. We work anywhere from, we've got about a 45 minute to an hour radius from Monument. So that puts us into the South Denver market. And then, you know, Broadmoor Resort kind of area on the south side of, of the Springs and everywhere in between. But moving forward, we want to expand further north into Denver. At some point, I'd love to have a mountain communities division that's doing, you know, second vacation homes for people. So really, we're, you know, we've got some revenue targets. But I think more than that, it's, it's increasing the quality and level of homes that we're doing, not necessarily the quantity of homes that we're doing. And just being able to, you know, develop a really high-end luxury, not only the product, but the experience for our clients. We, we just want the process. You know, I, I see our, us being a service provider to a CEO, business owner type of person. And so you know, what, is, what does a CEO or business owner want? They have an idea, they want to tell it to somebody and then have somebody execute it for them. And so I see us being the execution of this idea. Hey, I want this, you know, this nice family environment for my family to live in. Galler Homes, you do it. And then we take it and our team runs with it. So that's kind of the vision we have for the next few years. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. It sounds like definitely that premium experience, premium brand sort of vibe and feel. And yeah, it's funny. I was just having a conversation with somebody about you know, price points and where you sit in the marketplace and positioning and that sort of thing. And it, it was kind of like, well, you can go, you know, I was, we were talking about airlines. It was like, there's the like business class, like first class, like lay down seats, or you can be like back in, in, you know, in coach or anything. And it's like, you get to the same place, but man, the experience is so different, you know? And so, yeah, yeah, I think that's cool. That, that vision that you, you just painted. Tell me about something maybe off the wall, wacky client story, crazy project. You can even go back to the basement days if something crazy stands (laughs) out, but in construction, there's always something. So I always got to ask. Well, I'll give you what I'll give you two. So way back in the basement days, you know, I'm, I'm going to someone's home, usually meeting them at a late afternoon appointment, right when they get home from work and go down into the basement and take pictures and measurements and talk to them about what they want. And one time I, I'm down there doing this with a couple husband and wife, we're talking about things and the doorbell rang and, and the lady was like, Oh, that's weird. I'll go get the doorbell. She came back down with a police officer and the police officer, the police department had gotten a call that somebody with the same truck as mine was doing something, you know, in the neighborhood. I drove a white F-150, right? Yeah. So they get the call like, hey, I saw a white F-150 driving through the neighborhood. So in the middle of this sales presentation, I'm answering questions to this police officer who came because I drive a white F-150 that somebody else had driven when they did something stupid in the neighborhood. So Needless to say, I didn't get that job. Never heard from those people again. <laughs> yeah. <I bet. laughs> so that was one of the most off the wall things that happened. That's still uncomfortable for me to tell you about. I didn't do anything, but I still feel like this accusation. Right? Yeah. You just feel, uh, feel funny about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So that was crazy. We actually had last year, we started a a home in Broadmoor Resort area, which is right at the base of the mountain, right below Shine Mountain Zoo. Beautiful area, but you know, it's, it's, it's mountain. And we started excavation on this project and unearthed a boulder that was no lie, 40, 50 feet in diameter, right in the middle of where we needed to build the house. And because of the size of the lot and the building envelope and restrictions, like there was no moving the house. There was no redesigning it. So we just had to figure out how to get rid of that thing. And it took about two months and multiple six figures worth of expense to get this thing out of here. But, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, I've never run into this before. How the heck do we get this giant boulder out of here? And, you know, can we, well, can we blow it up? It's like, well, it's, it's right at the base of Cheyenne Mountain and there's NORAD and it's right below the zoo. So that's not an answer. Yeah. Like, can we jackhammer it? Like, no, like guys out there for three days, you know, the track hoe and a chipper trying to break it. It's not working. So, man, we tried everything. Ultimately, we got this thing out of there, but it was painful. How? I got it. I got it now. <laughs> well, so, yeah, the combination of a few things. We had a guy out or a crew out there with a, a diamond wire saw that they literally bolt into the rock. And it's a whole system of pulleys and the super expensive cable that's coated with diamond. And it just runs in a circular pattern. And it literally, you know, you picture wrapping a string around a baseball and just spinning it until it cuts into the middle. We had that thing going for a couple of weeks at, you know, $450 an hour or something like that. We had, you know, jackhammers on track hose. Ultimately, what was the most effective was drilling holes, about inch diameter holes into it and filling them with a product called Dexpan. Hmm. which expands and puts, you know, it's like 1800 PSI inside the hole. It just literally fractures everything apart. So, you know, that was, that was attempt number six or something like that. And it ended up being the trick that worked. Jeez. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. That go over. Okay. With the the client where they just a surprise. They're like, well, this sucks, but like, I want to talk about it. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, so, so We knew, I mean, this is part of the business of home building. It's like, okay, you can do a soils test, but what does that tell you? It tells you what are the soils in this little eight inch diameter and one or two spots on the property. And the reality of, you know, geography is like, okay, the conditions here can be completely different than what they are 10 feet away. And so we knew that there was boulders because there was boulders on the surface around. We just had no idea it was going to be, you know, the size of a city bus. (laughs) Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> so they, they had some sort of heads up, but you know, it's just never it's not never the call you want to get. Like, hey, we're digging around this thing and we can't find the end of it. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's a good one. No, that's good. Well, I'm curious, just in terms of like overall industry, like the last couple of years have been kind of wacky. You know, it was like there's a big scare and then there's like a big boom and now uncertainty. What are you seeing? What What do you think is going to be the next big challenges or things we need to be paying attention to for the next year or two? And yeah, it's been crazy. You know, we, when COVID started and they you know did the lockdowns and everything, I mean, we battened down the hatches, we laid people off, you know, just in preparation for, you know, being as prepared as possible, saving every penny. And then of course, you know, it, it, it boomed. I don't know. I, you just got to stop paying attention to the news at some level. It's like, if you look at everything on a macro level, on a global level, or on a you know a national level, it's just not going to apply equally across every little market. And so, whether you're you know, on the West Coast or the East Coast or the Midwest or 
Denver, Colorado Springs, it's going to vary if you're doing bathroom remodeling versus roofing versus custom home building, it's going to differ. So it's really hard to take these macro trends and just make any sense out of them and say, hey, building industry, here's what you're in for. I mean, our local market, you know, like mid lower end and mid priced like production builders just kind of came to a screeching halt. So, I mean, we strategically made a, a decision like, hey, we either need to figure out a way to compete in a lower price point or we need to go to a higher price point. So we made, a, we made a strategic decision to not try to compete with the buyer who's going to be pinched out by interest rates going up. And that seems to be paying off for us. So most of our, our clients are cash buyers, even in the you know, two, three, four, five million dollar price point. And the reality is they just aren't affected by interest rates. So, but you know, if you have a lot of money, it's probably in equity portfolios and those portfolios have been down. So they are affected by that. So I don't have a crystal ball, but my, my strategy and where I feel as confident as I can feel is we're going for a higher price point buyer. It's a luxury discretionary spend. The market fluctuations are not going to have as much impact on them. And I only need, you know, a handful a year. I don't need to sell a hundred. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good. Good commentary on just control what you can control, right? There's a lot of noise out there. Nobody has the crystal ball, you know, and, and everything does tend to get like localized is where it actually matters to each one of us. And so I think that's, that's good advice and just head down, focus on what you can do, not head in the sand, but just power through kind of a thing and make, make your bets, you make your strategy moves and keep going. So I like it, Matt, anything that you want to leave us with any like final words of wisdom Parting advice for other, you know, design builders, custom builders, remodelers out there listening. I would just say, you know, I'm still figuring it out, but I, I continue to look back to what kind of kicked us off from remodel company into custom home building, and I just I think it's worth the exercise for people to go through the process of asking themselves the question: If I could build a life, I could, if I could design a life that I wanted, what would it look like? You know, and the context for that is like, hey, there's no restrictions. There's no time restrictions. There's no money restrictions. You can you can design it the way you want. It really opens up a conversation and an opportunity, especially if you're married, to sit down with your your spouse and to kind of create a dream together. And that's super powerful. It, it gives a vision for for where you can go. Probably takes you out of what you're in currently. And also, if you if you end that conversation in unity, you've got this alignment that is kind of just like fuel to the fire. So that would be my recommendation, no matter where you're at. You know, just take a take that moment and ask yourself that question. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's great advice. And Matt, I really appreciate you carving out the time and sharing your story with us today. Hey, thanks for the invite. It's an honor. Thanks for tuning in to Remodeler Stories. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every month we pick a winner and send out a free copy of my book, The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. Just leave a review over on iTunes to enter to win. See you next time.